Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. I am Jared Jessalatis over there. Jeff Julek, we're going to spend, just buckle in here. We're going to spend a whole hour when we talk Boilermaker and Big Ten Hoops with you. The number one team in the country, your Purdue Boilermakers. It's, it's very nice to say, Jeff. Oh, pleasure to say that. And uh, the owner of the longest uh, non-conference win streak uh, in the nation. Yeah, that was so. a nice little stat that uh, Chris Morbin SID threw out there in the uh, release. Uh, right before Christmas, I saw that. Yeah, he's uh, uh, been keeping track of that. And uh, he does just such a tremendous job of putting us up on that kind of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, the non-conference streak is uh, it's pretty darn impressive, isn't it? And it's guaranteed to carry over to next year, so as we're done with non-conference games. So, yeah, you know, just a, a great start for this Boilermakers, you know, Boilermaker basketball team. You know, you and I have talked uh, from the very beginning when we did our first show in November. We thought we had a good team, but we didn't know how good a team we were going to have. And uh, so far they've exceeded all our wild expectations as they uh, have rolled to a 13-0 and start, number one team in the country, and now they uh, – they get ready to embark on a long eighteen game uh, non uh, eighteen game conference schedule starting uh, Monday night. An eighty two forty nine victory over Florida A and M uh, last night. Not an impressive team. Uh, they're three fifty seven out of three sixty three in Ken Palm. Uh, so we're we're definitely in IUPUI territory there. Uh, three fifty eight in the adjusted offense uh, is not going to get it done. They have the second. Strongest schedule in the country, by the way. I gotta say, but you gotta admire their scheduling. They've taken yeah, on Oregon, no, they're, they're and Louisville, the, Kentucky, they're and Purdue. Paychecks. I mean, <laughs> they're taking the paychecks. That's cool. Um, but uh, yeah, you, you don't get uh, you don't get much better playing uh, those uh, low three hundred teams in in Ken Palm. But uh, look, it's a it's a tune up game, right? You're you're back from the holidays. You're looking to uh, get your guys to shake off the rust here. Maybe get some of those uh, guys that are on the bench for most of the game. Uh, a little bit of uh, extra playing time. Let them, uh, you, know, you know, get in there, do their thing. Uh, obviously, Brandon Newman had one of those games where uh, he he makes you think about, hey, maybe this guy doesn't need more time. Uh, it, this is a very tough tough rotation here to crack. And I think Matt Painter kind of even alluded to that in his post game stuff, uh, where you know traditionally this is the time where he has been running ten eleven guys and it gets pared down to maybe like seven or so, and and uh, that doesn't seem to really. Be the case here. I, I don't know that he's going to be able to get away with doing that. Uh, there are guys that, like Brandon Newman, Trey Kaufman, Ren, that have demanded more time, have earned that time. And um, let's face it, the, the rotation seems to be working right now, Jeff. Yeah, and absolutely. And Matt addressed this to the team after the game. You know, um, it, it's tough to come out of a, a holiday break like that and, and be focused. And the, and the team did come out and, and played really well. And, and granted, it was an inferior opponent. But, you know, and when you address the rotation, I think you saw a little bit of that last night. I mean, you know, he's basically got three guys. I mean, think about this. You've got Mason Gillis coming off the bench, who's been a starter for for so long for the Boilermakers because Caleb First is playing so well. And Trey Kaufman-Ren, when he is in there, he has become a dominating player. We saw that with that 24-point effort he had against New Orleans. And so, I mean, this is going to be a very tough rotation, and I think – you probably want that was going to be the person who probably see less minutes. And he had a few minutes last night before they, they put everybody in at the end of the game. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a tough uh, – but, boy, I tell you what, that's a, a pleasant problem to have when you have so many good players that you don't have enough playing time for them. Yeah, you know, uh, Brian Waddell – sorry, I, I always go to Matt Waddell. Yeah, I know. That's I, how, I, I I do that. Too, I, so. how many times a show do I do that? <laughs> uh, you know, Waddell got uh, a, a lot of run last night in his 17 minutes. 
Uh, like I said, Trey with a, with a 20 there. Um, you know, David Jenkins Jr., that's another one of those guys that's kind of on the fringe there. You know, w- w- what happens? He's a guy that could get lost, I think, in that rotation. But still, he's been a stout player for you. Gr- great hustle out of him. Uh, 20 minutes, he's, he's not going to be that big scorer, but he's a, he's a great facilitator and a great guy that can handle the ball coming up the court. Yeah, and he is going to get playing time because he's your backup point guard, and and Braden Smith can only play so many minutes. But uh, you know, and he's the kind of guy that I think if he was playing twenty five, thirty minutes a game, probably would have a lot of points because he seems to be a kind of scorer that that a, that if you can get him into rhythm, and he you know he's averaged over sixteen points a game in his career and in all his multiple stops in his collegiate career. But you know, he's the kind of player that can put up some points for you. But this team is just a Different, different team when Braden Smith is in there at point guard because it's just amazing how uh, how efficient he is and how he takes care of this. And Matt brought this up last night. Think about how many missed three-pointers we miss and how many more assists that Braden would have because he's getting the ball to these open three-pointers, uh, shooters, and they're missing the shots. And if they were to hit half of those, he'd have probably five more assists a game. Yeah, that's the that's the bugaboo right now, yeah. right? It's everybody's gonna want to box in Zach Eady and make it hard for him and say, "Hey, go ahead. If you can hit the threes, you can hit the threes." But right now, Purdue's not hitting the threes. I, I look, I'm a big law of averages guy. I, I feel like it will even back out eventually. Here, if there's going to be a dead swing, this is the time to have the dead swing. But at the same time, look at what happened to Iowa last night. I now Iowa don't play no defense. We all know that. All right. Their Achilles heel is if they don't shoot well, they are in trouble. But if they shoot like they normally do, they're going to possibly run you out of the gym, but at least be in contention there, all right? Uh, Purdue has just got to find ways to knock down the threes. And there's good three-point shooters on that team. Yeah. Lawyers, Mason Gillis is another one of those guys who was like a 40% shooter from three before he had the back injury and, and just really hasn't found that form there just yet. You know, Brayden Smith can shoot the three at times. Um, you know, Caleb steps out there. He'll take his, uh, his one, three here and there. Ethan Morton's a guy that's trying to find that, uh, three point stroke right now. Um, there are plenty of guys that can shoot that three. Brandon Newman last night was uh, three of six, but, uh, nobody is being consistent in that aspect right now. And that is a little bit concerning. Well, Jared, I've been pondering that because when you look well, at you this, ponder such things, I know, <laughs> uh, that's the one thing that kind of concerns me about this basketball team, but I've come to the conclusion that this is such a group of players that are all winners that will do whatever it takes to win basketball games. And I'm anxious to see next week because next week's going to be a big week. You've got Rutgers. You've got the trip over to Columbus to play Ohio State. And I'm anxious to see if they perform like they did in those big games against Gonzaga and against Duke where they needed those three-pointers and they made their three-pointers. So they really haven't needed the three-pointer because you've got such a dominating performance with Zach inside. Let's see what happens when they need those three-pointers. Will Will Fletcher start draining some threes? Will Morton start hitting some threes? And if that's the case, they're going to be in great shape. And until it costs them a ball game, it's not something that we need to be concerned about. I, I, I'm of the belief of once it starts to fall, it's going to come in a big great wave. Point, like it, It's really going to come on here, and they're just going to have some ridiculous like 45% night shooting three-point. Yeah. Th- that's just my gut. Once they get the confidence in doing it, it's going to get there. But to be honest with you, I feel like we're doing them almost a little bit of a disservice by bringing it up so much because then it ends up sticking inside heads, and then you start thinking about it a little bit too much. And, and this is a mental game. This can be a mental game. And uh, if you start getting knack for things, uh, you start catching a rep for things, 
all of a sudden those can snowball. You've got to be mentally tough to play this game at this level, uh, and they've just got to find those ways to, uh, to, to to hit threes. And there was a funny moment last night. Braden hit uh, Fletcher Lawyer for a wide-open three, and he missed it. And, and I know Braden turned to him, and he said, make that shot. And Fletch kind of threw his hands up to say, I'm trying, you know. And so, you know, I think it's going to happen because those guys are just – you just cannot hit as many shots that, that Fletcher Lawyer has hit in his career. And, and as you said, they will start falling, and when they do, it's going to start pouring three-pointers. Maybe coach needs to pull out the old uh, Gene Hackman and uh, Hoosiers thing, get the tape measure out. It's like, oh, it's the exact same dimensions as your uh, as your hopes uh, all the way school, back there in high homestead. school. So yeah. you you did it there, you can do it here. Uh, maybe that's the minimum uh, that needs to happen. But again, an eighty-two to forty-nine victory over the Rattlers. They're a thirty-six point spread in that thing, which was absolutely ridiculous. But uh, defensively, I thought again, it's not a great offensive team, but you held them to twenty-nine and twenty. Um, that's not easy to do at any level, especially when you're not really pressing in the second half, uh, your starters, uh, very much at all. What they got a, like a little bit of a run at the beginning of the second half and that was it. Yeah. What Zach played like 22 minutes. So, yeah. yeah it wasn't much. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's absolutely true. And they took care of business and, uh, now I tell you what, they set their sights on this big 10 and it's going to be a fun, fun big 10 season for this team because how far can this team go? You know, if this team got off to, you know, if they win, maybe seven in a row here in January, they could be in a position to run away with this Big Ten title. And you don't see that in the Big Ten Conference. And is this team elite enough to run away with the, with the title and uh, put everybody in the dust? And, uh, boy, that'd be nice to see. Yeah, it would be nice to see. But it's it's hard to really I, – I don't feel like i got a good compass on these guys right now, if we're being honest. Because, look, when is the last time you felt like this team got pushed? Well, you'd have to go back to that Nebraska game. And, and of course, how big a, a win is that now with Nebraska destroying Iowa last night? And, and Nebraska's lost one game at home all season, and that was to our Boilermakers. So, yeah, the last time they were pushed, it was either Davison game where that was a close game in the second half or the uh, overtime win at uh, Nebraska. So it's just been a while. Yeah. You know, you, you hope that they're prepared for the Big Ten. I think Coach Painter's done everything he can to have them prepared for the Big Ten. Uh, I am a little bit nervous as we go into uh, Monday to take on a scrappy Rutgers team that will play good defense. Uh, you're not in Piscataway, which is a big sigh of relief at this point, although if you're going to go into Piscataway on a Monday, I would rather do it on this Monday <laughs> when there's no students there. Uh, that would be great, but uh, still, uh, by any measure here, it's uh, yeah, it'll be it's a nice dip your toe into the Big Ten here with Rutgers, Ohio State, Penn State, and then you're at home against uh, Nebraska, uh, the top teams in the Big Ten. Not not a ton of them on there in the first couple of weeks here when uh, with the schedule. So I, that's a good that's a good start. That's a good uh, schedule to start out with. And you know that trip to Columbus next week. You know, yeah, that's if, the tough one. Well, maybe not. I mean, you know, if Ohio State beats uh, beats Georgia and uh, Michigan beats TCU, I guarantee you. And a high state Michigan football game on the January 9th, everybody in Columbus will have their sights set on that football game. And the students won't be back till January 9th. And a high state alumni, I can say this nobody in Columbus is going to care about the Buckeyes playing the number one team in the country in basketball when uh, a national championship is on the line in football. So you never know. There you go. You heard it from Mr. Buckeye right, right, right <laughs> from his own lips there. Uh, telling you that Ohio State will not care about its basketball team. There you go. All right, look, we're going to take a break here. We're going to come back. Alicarpetgoldenblack.com. 
He's going to be our guest next. Uh, we'll talk with him. Uh, that's coming up on the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Welcome back to the Boiler Basketball Show, 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com with Jared Chesilitis. We've got Jeff Julik over there. And over on our Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, it is our good buddy Alan Karpik, head man over there at goldandblack.com, a just tremendous resource for you Purdue fans. The articles are fantastic. Become a member. They're on the new On3 platform. It's even better than ever. You get coverage from Allen. You get Brian Newbert. You get, um, Tom, uh, you get Tom Deanhard. You now get some Mike Carmen in there. I mean, you, this is this is the uh, what is this like the twenty something Yankees? This is Murderer's Row right now <laughs> of uh, of Purdue coverage. I don't know how you do this, Allen. Well, I'm I'm lucky to work with good people, but we're we're uh, you know looking forward to 2023 and. And the way things are going, it uh, it looks like uh, it's going to be a really exciting year for, to say the least, for, for for just about everything, but certainly for men's basketball, the way things are going. Yeah, it went real well for them uh, again last night. I know it's not a uh, tremendous opponent in Florida A&M, but uh, still they took care of business the way that they were supposed to, uh, 29 points and 20 points uh, in the halves for uh, A&M. Good defensive efforts, even though it's a poor offensive team, but I mean, that game is just there to shake off the rust, right, Alan, and get yourself prepared for what's going to be a uh, – uh, this is not a cakewalk of a Big Ten. This is going to be a uh, dogfight every night, just like it is every year. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I, I thought that for the most part Purdue Purdue is doing what it needs to be doing. Um, still, you know, we can talk about how they're not shooting the ball the way they want to be, and that's, that's true, uh, from three at least. Uh, it's just a situation where – um, you know, it couldn't go a whole lot better for the most part. I mean, you, you get to, uh, with the exception of three-point shooting. And again, uh, you know, that's the thing where uh, Fletcher Lawyer is going to get better at that. But uh, this is a team that plays extremely hard. They had to do that, I thought, against, uh, you know, to, to, to the game was never in doubt against Florida A&M. I get that. But the, the common denominator is every every possession Purdue seems to value because they're not turning the ball over very much, but they're also getting the job done uh, uh, on the, from the hustle standpoint and making enough shots uh, to, to be successful. And, Alan, if you were an opposing coach, uh, what would you do to try to slow down this Boilermaker team? I mean, you know, it starts with a guaranteed double-double from your center. You've got guaranteed great guard play by uh, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, and then you get all these role players. I mean, what would you try to do if you were opposing coach to try to beat this team? Well, I think you want to maybe uh, get as physical as you can uh, with the with the Purdue's guards. I guess it would be maybe the one thing, but, you know, Brandon, uh, Braden Smith has had the ability to go around folks and doesn't seem to bother them. You know, I, and, I, and I think that for whatever reason, Purdue's three-point challenges right now, uh, you know, this Purdue only shooting 30% from three or 31%. Uh, you know, you want to, if you're going to beat Purdue, you got to catch them on a bad shooting night and where some other things aren't going well. Now, uh, again, the, the litmus test is going to be when you play in the Big Ten and what it takes uh, to get the, the job done on the road. And you can't shoot the ball like Purdue's been shooting and, and win against uh, uh, against Penn State, even though that game will be in Philadelphia, but also uh, Ohio State on down the line, and really against the Rutgers team that I think is going to give Purdue all it can handle, just because it plays extremely good defensively. So I think defensive uh, uh, being able to shut Purdue's guards down and let not let them run as free as they do, but the, the challenge with that is. 
these guards run free, especially I'm mainly making a comment about Braden Smith because he's just really good and makes plays. And I don't know that that's that's going to be easy for anybody to do uh, across the board in the Big Ten. Talking with Alan Karpik of GoldenBlack.com here on our Hammerhead Hotline. Al, this is usually the time of the year where you see Matt Painter take a uh, maybe like a 10-11 man rotation and pair it down to maybe like 7 or 8. Uh, he kind of made the indication last night that that's going to be a little tough to do and that maybe that's not the future here for him in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm a big, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I mean, this is the this is the rotation. The team's got you to number one in the country. So uh, what do you think he should do here? Do you think he should keep to what he has been doing traditionally or does he still find time for uh, you know, a good 10 players at, at, uh, at uh, any one game? Oh, I think he'll see him pare it down. Uh, I think Brian Waddell is, you know, who's, who has struggled a little bit uh, offensively, um, though it still does good things out there. But I, I'm going to guess that it's going to be harder and harder. It's going to be matchup driven. Paint, Matt Painter said after the, the Florida A&M game, you know, that we're going to, you know, there may be games when certain guys play, and we've seen that already. Uh, you know, the challenge they have is they've got, you know, they've got three fours and that's a good problem to have but Trey Kaufman Ren has really played well the last two games shooting 53 percent from the field you know Mason Gillis hasn't hasn't shot the ball well yet as well as he often has from three but uh, I that's the only cut I see right now in in, in that standpoint it could be situational where but you know David Jenkins Jr. also who has struggled shooting the ball uh, again, only at 31% right now, uh, may see his minutes diminish, but he's going to play because he's not, Braden Smith's not going to play 40 minutes a game, I wouldn't think. So uh, it's just going to be interesting to see how he pairs it down. You know, I'm not giving up on Brian Waddell. He's a freshman, uh, and he, he's just, I think it's going to be a production game. It's going to be a matchup game, but if he's going to trim that trim it down, I, I, that's where the most natural place, at least for me, and by God, I'm not the coach, and I don't even... I don't even uh, play one on TV here, but uh, is or radio, and I just think that that's the one natural spot right now. But again, that, that, that's I'm not in practice every day, and I know that uh, Brian Waddell, for example, gives tremendous effort and can be a matchup problem uh, uh, if he can get uh, uncorked a little bit uh, uh, offensively. And I tell you what, you've seen a lot of great Big Ten teams over the years. But, you know, if this team gets off to an 8-0, 9-0 start in the Big Ten Conference, can this team run away with this uh, conference title like it, that we haven't seen in years? Well, if it does that, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm just not sure that that's going to happen um, uh, if you get off to a 9-0 and start. I, I think the Big Ten, the rest of the league, is it's interesting. And somebody's going to step forward, whether that's going to be Michigan State, uh, you know, I, 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 there's, you don't know uh, at, at this early date. I, I guess Jeff, I'd answer that question probably uh, by the, uh, uh, you know, by the eighth of January after Purdue plays Penn State and has gotten through what I would consider to be three pretty tough games, and see where Purdue is. Purdue still undefeated at that point. Obviously, you still have Michigan. You have Michigan State on the road. Uh, you're going to have to go to Indiana eventually. Uh, it's just not going to be easy. Now, I, I still think this team is extremely well-suited to compete with anybody. It's shown that already. And as long as Zach Eady can stay healthy, uh, I don't know that there's anybody that's, there's nobody that's any better than Purdue at this point. Uh, that's stating the obvious. Purdue's ranked number one in the country. But, you know, there's just too many good teams that, that, that know how to play Purdue, um, know how to deal with the – 
what Matt Painter brings. And, I, you know, the Wisconsins of the world. I know Iowa looked bad uh, yesterday and they're lost in Nebraska. But, you know, and, and Purdue doesn't, I don't believe, half set doesn't have to go to Iowa if I might remember my schedule correctly. But, you know, it's just it's just gonna not going to be easy from that standpoint. And I think the league... Um, you know, even Michigan is an example team also has struggled a little bit, has a lot of talent and that talent tends to get better uh, later in the uh, big 10 season. And that's uh, even though I know Purdue plays Michigan in January, uh, this is a team that, uh, you know, will, will be a challenge for Purdue. I just don't see any cakewalks on the road. Uh, if you look at Nebraska it's probably a lower third tier team and Purdue had to go to overtime to win that game, uh, it's going to be a challenge each game in and out. Talk with uh, Alan Karpik here on uh, Golden Bla- from GoldenBlack.com on our uh, Boiler Basketball show. Al, before we let you go here, there's a little bit of a piece of uh, breaking news yesterday that I-, I found interesting. I'd like to get your take on it, too. Uh, this news that maybe the Big Ten will be in the market for a new commissioner. Uh, Kevin Warren, apparently a finalist to take that Bears job uh, as the president and CEO uh, kind of odd, given that he just took this job here. Um, I, I don't know. What was your reaction when you saw that news? Well, you know what? Uh, that is news to me because I'm glad you're breaking it to me because I missed it <laughs> yesterday. But, um, you know, I, I, I have no insight into that. I know Kevin Warren, had got on, like everybody in the world of COVID, got off to a bumpy start um, with his role and shutting down the uh, – Big Ten football and having to go back on that, though I think it ended up being the right thing to do. And I do think that uh, his deal with USC and UCLA uh, took a took a lot of guts to get that done. So who knows in the world of rumors? I know he's an NFL guy. It wouldn't shock me. Nothing would shock me anymore uh, when today's world. You look back at 2022, what an amazing year of change and uh, amazing stories from top to bottom, not just at Purdue, but around the, around the country. And so, yes, that uh, if that news breaks in 2023, that'll just start 2023 in the surprising mode that we saw 2022. So, And, and if he does know, take I, that job with Chicago, they, the Big Ten needs to hire Gene Smith from Ohio State quicker than Louisville, hire Jeff Brom. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I do think you're going to be in a state, if you, if you can get, get a guy like that, it's a tough job. Obviously, and uh, and I I would surprise me if he takes that job, but but uh, I don't know anything about his inner workings uh, with the league in terms of you know does he love the job you know who knows uh, uh, and I think he's the guy that uh, it is a huge job in front of him and there are other capable folks out there uh, the the the, the, the um, long ca- shadow of Jim Delaney has been been big but I think that Kevin Warren's taken a little bit different direction. Uh, but you know, again, uh, it's just it's hard to know. I know that one thing, COVID and that stress that put on anybody uh, has been monumental. He's gotten gotten pretty. He's gotten the Big Ten through the television contract phase. His role in that, I'm sure, was important. So uh, he's not going to leave if he does. Uh, it, it, having a lot of unfinished business, uh, but uh, you still have the transfer portal, NIL, all the things that are going to threaten um, or not threaten but it's going to make college athletics different and uh, and maybe threaten it in some ways threaten it to the status quo and that's going to be an interesting thing to watch 
Alan Carver again. GoldenBlack.com is a must-read for all of you Purdue fans. Uh, make sure you pick up your subscriptions. It's great stuff. They also have great free content there as well, so make sure you check it out. Alan, it's always a pleasure talking some hoops with you on a Friday. A uh, happy new year to you, my friend. All right, happy new year to you guys, and we'll talk to you next week after uh, what will be a fascinating game against Ohio State. So uh, that's going to be going to be a maybe Purdue's first huge test. Though I will submit that Monday at 7 o'clock against Rutgers will not be a cakewalk, as we've already discussed. So ha- have a great New Year, guys. Thanks so much. Welcome back. It is the Boiler Basketball Show on 101.7 The Hammer and 101.7 TheHammer.com. Spent a whole hour talking Boilermaker hoops and the Big Ten. We've got Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation, back joining us here fresh off the holiday. Uh, he is relaxed, but this is a uh, this is a tune-up game for him, the tune-up show for him before we hit the Big Ten, uh, much like Purdue last night who dominated and. Uh, Nate, I mean, we talked about this with Alan. We talked about the top of the show. Great win. You enjoy it, but that's not a formidable team. That's uh, not somebody that's going to push you. That is a, hey, um, we're just trying to shake off those excess cookies and eggnog that you had and uh, activate the muscle memory that uh, you can make baskets and what you're supposed to do and uh, kind of get back in the swing of things because uh, Rutgers ain't going to mess around on Monday. No, they're not. And uh, it's part of the deal. You're in college basketball. Um our buddy Newbert did his normal yearly rant about it in his rap video, which is great stuff. If you haven't watched it, I always like to plug those because he's so entertaining. But, yeah, I mean, it's a 5 p.m. game, December 29th. Uh, the Boilers win it going away. Um, you know, hey, check the box and and get ready for Rutgers um, on Monday night after the bowl game. Produce sports fans with an interesting day Monday. Of course, that originally was an early tip and they move it to seven. And then uh, the one that you pressed me on, Jared, a few weeks ago for an answer on, and I gave it to you, that the the, the other one you circle here is the at-Ohio State game on the uh, Thursday, the 5th, the 7 p.m. tip. Should be a great environment over in Columbus. No, no, no. It will be a horrible yeah, environment. Jeff, this, this is the Jeff Crusade now, buddy. You, High State will be getting it. ready to play Michigan for a national championship on January 9th. There will be no students there. There'll be lucky to be 8,000 fans in the arena. Mark my are you, word. Are you kidding me? No. I've been to those games during break. You know, is, Ohio, high, is Ohio State basketball that big of an afterthought? Over it there? is, yes. And, and I've been to those games numerous times during break, you know, being a high State alumni. And, uh, that, I mean, that makes me want to go. I mean, there will be a half – if they're lucky to have a half arena, they will have a half arena. And especially if Ohio State's getting ready to play Michigan in football, the whole, the whole state will be – Getting ready for that Monday night football game. Jeff Jeff Thordamas has just uh, made a prediction. <laughs> well, Go ahead and write it well, down. Well, well, Jeff, whatever you say. I mean, <laughs> let's let's face facts, Jared. Jared um, Jeff's a boiler, but when the boilers aren't playing, there's still a little Buckeye in there. Yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, uh, that's the way it goes. Especially where the Wolverines are. Concerned. Oh yes, got to get back at those Wolverines and, after and, that game. So and uh, that that will be it. Uh, I will say this: the matchup America wants, <laughs> yeah, for is, sure, <laughs> is, is the rematch between those two. The ratings of TV producers, the ratings will be will be out of control. But then, uh, you know, they've got that game against Ohio State; it'll be a tough one. Then that cool game with the Palester coming up against Penn State, Micah Shrewsbury. Watch out for that game, too, fellas. Watch out for that game. That game scares me. That game, that game is very scary on multiple fronts. Look, I think every Big Ten game gets scary for you, except for games against Minnesota, to be honest with you. But um, 
Just look at the Big Ten as a whole right now, Nate. I mean, who's the scariest team to, who's the biggest threat to Purdue right now? Uh, You know, you thought maybe Michigan might have some legs at one point. They got embarrassed last night against Central Michigan. Iowa can score, but they can't stop anybody from scoring. Illinois, you keep everybody keeps on telling me Illinois is this great uh, team. I know they whooped up on Bethune Cookman last night, but you know they're zero and two in the league. Michigan State's always seemingly dealing with injuries or playing somebody tough. I can't ever get a good read out of them. Penn State can hit some threes, but that's about it. Indiana's missing their uh, point guard, and all of a sudden they seem out of sorts. Um, Ohio State. Eh, uh, Northwestern looks great defensively and can score at times, but uh, it's it's basically Purdue and Wisconsin to me at this point. Nate, how do you read it? Huh. Okay, well, let, uh, you've just yeah, you just wiped out everybody in the league. Here. <laughs> basically, <laughs> yeah, and there's no, you're, you're there's, great at doing that, except for his Wildcats. He's in love with Northwestern. I, I still like Northwestern. Sorry. Okay, now let's back up. Here. Okay. Uh, 1993, IU, Calvert Cheney. Uh, arguably one of the best, I think Jeff would agree, one or two teams for IU that didn't win the national championship. Yep. That that team goes 17-1 and one in 93. The great Troy Lewis, Todd Mitchell, Everett Stevens team goes 16-2 and two in 88. Glenn Robinson's team, I want to say, was 15-3 and three in 94. I'm just giving you a few, and, the, and there's some others. The point being... Uh, as our buddy Newbert has pointed out, somewhere along the way, uh, someone's going to catch the Boilers, you would think, in theory. It's just a matter of, is it IU? Is it, is it most likely? Is it IU, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan? Um, you know, those are likely suspects, but, but don't sleep on a Penn State team that knows Purdue very well through Micah that's in a unique environment that will be a little bit... Um, I'd, I'd say a little bit in favor, more than a little bit in favor of Penn State environment-wise out there. And, um, yeah, it should be a pretty pro-Penn State crowd, I would think. There's going to be more of their fans willing to travel that distance than Purdue fans. So that's, that's one to watch. And then, you know, I think if you're, if you're working on Purdue, aren't you going to take a look at that, uh, that Nebraska tape a little bit at some of the good things they were able to do? Uh, against the Boilermakers, and then uh, watching them last night, uh, an interesting performance by them against a struggling Iowa team. They had Iowa uh, all out of sorts and uh, and rolled when Iowa came back a bit, but then they pull away in that one. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it, but, but I did. But Hoiberg, uh, they'll give him time out there, and I, they might as well. Um, you know, he's he's they're they're getting competitive again and they weren't for several years and uh they're you know there's somebody that's going to be dangerous team at least out there in nebraska so you know that's interesting as well but uh yeah i'm i mean you look at Purdue's schedule you you very favorable right guys they don't have to go uh to illinois this year uh that's pretty cool they do have to go to michigan State, but i mean there there's some good favorable things in Purdue schedule in other words, can can Purdue win this league? Uh, could they could they go with three or four losses and win this league? I, I, absolutely, and maybe they can do better than that. But but somewhere you got to think somewhere along the way, Jared. 
somebody to put the right combination on the right night to at least have the boilers on the road. Oh yeah, I mean, look, yeah. they'll they'll lose they'll lose to uh, probably on on the road is a good point to a, uh, a a middle of the pack Big Ten team. I mean, that's just, history will tell you that it's going to happen. I, I'm just that's saying, what here, I'm, saying. I'm just that's saying on I'm paper saying. when you're taking a look at this, there's no one game that you're just kind of like, oh man, that is a. Uh, that is that. That's a that's a hill to climb for for Purdue in that one. I, I just feel like there, there's there's not much separation in the middle of, of this pack. I think you have Purdue. I think you have Wisconsin. Uh, that's like a one two. That that's the top tier right there. I think then you have a tier that's kind of like Ohio State, Indiana, uh, maybe Maryland, Penn State could be on the fringe of that. And then there's just this big glob of teams in the middle where you're like, what do I do with these guys here? They can get you on some night or you can run them out of the gym. It's just kind of whatever they feel like doing. Yeah. That 88 Purdue team, Jeff, correct me if I'm wrong. I think that the two were at Indiana, which was a middling Indiana team that was coming off the national championship and they lost, ended up losing the first round to Richmond. And I think the other conference lost that year. Jeff might've been at Ohio state. Yes, it was. And, 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 you know, what's going to happen here? I mean, as weeks go by and they continue to have that number one uh, beside their name, they're going to continue to get people's best game. And even if they lose a game or two, they're going to be, what, three or four in the country? I mean, so, you know, when you look at a team like Illinois who's playing just horrific right now, they're talented enough to beat you. So, you know, the, the Penn State game does scare me because they've got talent at Penn State this year. So, you know, if this team does go eighteen and two, or, or, or say seventeen and three, they're going to earn it because every single night they're getting everybody's best shot. And you know, two weeks from tonight, we've got Nebraska again, and you know, we know they're going to play defense against us, even though that's in Mackey. So, yeah, it's going to be a fun season. But I tell you what, I think if if Purdue's ever had a team that's up to the challenge, I think Matt Painter has assembled that uh, team across the river. No, I, I agree. It's amazing, and we you know we say all that. You know, you're like, well, they're going to lose somewhere. We keep all saying that, but at the same point, you go, well, uh, I don't know. I don't know when. Uh, it's Iowa. Purdue doesn't have to travel to Iowa. I, I think we need to beat Wisconsin after losing two games in a row. Of those guys last year. So, yeah, and that you know that there's a, there's a uh, there's one March second, a 9 p.m. Thursday night tip at Wisconsin. Now that how about the TV bosses uh, throwing that one on at nine o'clock? They know what they're doing there. That's a that's a heck of a matchup, uh, but you know, yes, you get back to your original point, Jared. You get you get through this game, everybody healthy. Newman shows out with a nice game, eighteen points, nearly a point a minute, or about twenty minutes of action, and uh, that's great for Brandon for his confidence. Fans continue to be, you know, just so behind him, sticking it out and pushing through. Uh, but you know, Purdue has a weapon in Zach that is just awfully special, and uh, defenses have to deal with it. And we saw when Purdue's not hitting. Uh, you know, the, the defenses can, can really work and change what they're doing. But when the Boilers are able to hit from outside with the ED combo and move the ball well and, and do what they need to do scrappily, uh, boy, Purdue is a tough, tough out for anybody. So it's been, we should note, though, you know, two years in a row undefeated through the, the preseason part of things is uh, no small feat in college basketball. Purdue fans need to enjoy that because it's a major deal. Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. Buddy, it is always a pleasure to be able to connect with you and uh, talk some Boilermaker hoops. Great time to be a Boilermaker fan, that is for sure. Uh, Boiler up, buddy, and uh, we will connect with you again in 2023. Happy New Year, and uh, we'll wish the Boilers all the best in football down at the uh, Cheez-It Citrus Bowl. Have a great day, guys. 
We're back. It's the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017thehammer.com. Jared Jessalitis and Jeff Julik. All right, now's the time on the show that uh, we like to kind of take a look at the Big Ten. We look at the standings. We look at a great upcoming schedule because now uh, they'll finally mean something, right? I mean, it's the Big Ten. No more of this Florida A&M stuff. No more Merrimax. No more, you know, of uh, Linden Woods. No, no more of those 300-plus <laughs> Uh, teams in the uh, Ken Palm. It, it's all it's all on now. Uh, let's take a look at the current standings in the Big Ten after last night. Purdue still remains on top at 13 and 0, 2 and 0 in the conference. The only other team that is 2 and 0 in conference play right now is Wisconsin. They sit at 9 and 2, followed by Northwestern 10 and 2. Uh, how many how many more times I got to tell you that Wisconsin's going to be a problem for folks? I mean, I, I screamed this from the top of my lungs for what the last three weeks. You said you just said Wisconsin. I know you meant Northwestern. That's uh, so Northwestern. Right? Sorry. Yep, absolutely. You know, I think Wisconsin will be a little bit of a problem too. Yeah, too. <laughs> uh, North uh, Ohio State nine and three overall. They are undefeated in conference play. One and zero. Michigan's one and zero, but an embarrassing loss uh. last night to Central Michigan. Seven and five are the Wolverines. They do not look good right now, and I know they always seem to make a run. But boy, I tell you what, they uh, they need to get their act together quickly. Three ten and three teams in the league that are one and one in league play include IU, Maryland, and Penn State, who you are very high on and yep. are worried about that game at the Palester, like Allen said. Uh, here's I'll say this about Penn State. They shoot the three well. They do not turn the ball over, which is great. Always helps. You know where they get killed, though? They can't rebound, yeah. Jeff. And Guess what Purdue does very well? Bad situation against the Board of Majors. Yeah, they're, I think they're in for a little bit of a problem there. And not only that, but you're playing on the Palestra, which is a uh, um, a place that, it's going to be just as foreign to them as it is to Purdue, right? So you're not yep. even shooting in your own gym. I feel like I like that matchup. And I didn't agree with Allen. I don't want to cut him off, but I don't think Philadelphia is exactly a hotbed of Penn State fandom, That's to true. be honest. That's They're true. all Villanova people out there. And then you start getting into the Jersey stuff and all that. I, I don't know. I love that game. I love playing out there. Plus, that, that's, that's, a great, that's a great gimmick to a game, but... I don't know, Jeff. I, I, I don't know if Allen's got the read on that. Maybe he's a smarter guy than me. I will say that. But I I, I somewhat disagree. Uh, Michigan State also at 1-1, one 8-4 and one, eight and four overall. Same goes for Rutgers with that record. Nebraska, an impressive win last night, so they're off the schneid. 1-2 and two in Big Ten play, 8-6 and six overall. Uh, the Illini at 0-2, whooped up on Bethune-Cookman last night, 9-4. and four. Iowa 0-2 in the league play. They're 8-5. and five. And Minnesota in the basement at 6-6 six and 0-2 six and oh and in the Big Ten Conference. Those are the standings. And you know, an interesting thing about the schedule, there's uh, several teams here who's got to play 19 straight games, including Ohio State, uh, Northwestern, uh, Michigan. They've only played one Big Ten game so far. They did not get those two games in before the uh, holiday break. And so 19 straight Big Ten games, that'll be tough. All right, let's take a look at uh, the schedule for the week. Uh, starting tonight, Buffalo at Michigan State in the Breslin Center. Uh, that game, 6 o'clock on BTN. Western Michigan uh, will travel on over to Wisconsin, 8 o'clock. Uh, that game is not on TV. Coppin State will uh, head to Piscataway in Jersey Mike's, and that is an 8 o'clock tip over there on BTN. So uh, an early one, Michigan State, followed by Coppin State and Rutgers tonight on uh, BTN. But, again, these are all kind of tune-up games. Yep, the last you know, ones before uh, before they go straight Big Ten. Nothing on New Year's Eve. You got to be kidding me. Ah. Nothing, but New Year's Day is a different story. Yes, where sir. Maryland will head up to Michigan 
4.30, Fox Sports 1 in Chrysler Center, uh, Iowa and Penn State. I don't even know what the over is, but go ahead and Ooh. take it. 5.30 on BTN. And then on uh, uh, 7.30 on BTN, it's Ohio State at Northwestern. We'll see about your we'll Wildcats see about after the that Wildcats. one. Yes, sir. Uh, we'll, we'll see. How good. Look, I, I still contend that there are going to be a couple teams that go into Evanston that can't put up more than 55, and they go out with an L when they were favorited to uh, win that game. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying know, they play good defense. I know as high as you are on, the, on Northwestern, I saw a uh, the Northwestern their equivalent of Golden Black this week. They they put out their power rankings and they had Northwestern 13th in the conference, which I thought was insane. But uh, they got that a top was, ten. They that got was top ten from defense. Side, I so. don't understand. You know, I, I know the offense is okay, but I, there's a lot of there's a lot of good talent on there. There's a lot of senior yeah, talent. Absolutely. Boo, boo, Chase Adige. Yeah, Barnheiser yeah. starting to come alive there too. I mean, I think they got some stuff working for them. I, I just. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they're a uh, they're in the tournament, but I think they could be in the conversation as a bubble team yeah, down absolutely. the stretch, uh, 100%. So then that's your New Year's Day. That takes us on to Monday the 2nd, uh, where uh, Purdue is the only game. They've moved that the to 7 o'clock so that you can get uh, – so you don't have to worry about the overlap the with, the, game, yeah. uh, with the bowl game. By the way, you wanted to put folks up. If you're going out to this basketball game on, on uh, Monday – Give yourself a little extra time to walk from the parking lot because they have shut down that uh, little road on the east side to, to dig the tunnel for the yep. football stadium. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to go around Kozik, the, the football complex, or you're going to have to go down. Is that, uh, it's not Martin Jiski. What is that other road on the other side of the stadium on the west uh, side? It's west side of the stadium. I'm not sure. Which yeah, you're going to have yeah, to go down so. there. So it's going to be a little extra walk for you. Just a heads up, uh, we don't want you to miss out on the game by a couple of minutes because... Like I uh, almost did last night. Like you almost did last night, that's right. (laughs) That takes us into Tuesday, Super Tuesday. Uh, Breslin Center has got uh, Michigan State hosting Nebraska, Minnesota at Wisconsin at 9 o'clock, the doubleheader on BTN. Eh. I'm looking forward to see if Nebraska's game travels because they've been very good at home with only one loss, and that was to the Boilermakers. But uh, can they go? And Michigan State's where I lost to Northwestern home this year, so this is a must-win game for the Spartans. Yeah, that, that's about interesting. The second game, yeah, it's Minnesota. I can't really get high. I know yeah. Minnesota-Wisconsin are rivals, but Not come on, man. this uh, That shouldn't be much of a thing. On Wednesday, Penn State at Michigan is something I'm a little stroke the beer there. Interesting. And that's a must win for the Michigan team because, you know, especially if they lose to Maryland coming up, I mean, they are, you know, this is a tough, tough uh, schedule for the uh, Wolverines. And then you talked about Northwestern and Ohio State being a test for the Wildcats. How about the Wildcats yeah. hosting the Illini at 9 o'clock? This is where my theory really gets put to the test. I, uh, Northwestern will win that game by 10. You think so? I think so. I just I, I look the Illini have got the talent. Don't get me wrong, but they have struggled to put uh, that thing together consistently. Yeah, I, I like Northwestern in that one. Yeah, uh, and then that'll take us to Thursday, where Maryland will head to Rutgers, and that'll be a rowdy one in Jersey Mike's. But uh, we got the doubleheader on uh, Fox Sports One: Purdue at Ohio State, seven p.m. Value City Arena, and then Indiana will travel out to Iowa at nine o'clock. Uh, that'll be the second So Indiana game finally joins the uh, party after a uh, long, long break. Uh, uh, so they go to Iowa, and, and boy, that's that's a game where Iowa will have to play well at home, and uh, Indiana needs to win after coming off that loss to Rutgers to start the season. Yeah, it's uh, they'll, they'll need something there, and uh, they just really need to figure out how they're going to run things without Xavier Johnson. I mean, that's the key. That's a huge loss, and who knows if he'll be back this season after having foot surgery. He, he was telling people that he's going to be back, so... Yeah. We'll see. Then he's got to round back into shape and everything, too. And 
might Trace be too Jackson little too Davis late. Hasn't been healthy. I mean, he's missed two games with his back. So, and boy, it's uh, not a good thing they, to have a back injury going in the physical. Big they didn't ten. need. They didn't need to have him out there for those true, games. True. I think that. The caution. We, we talked about this. Uh, you and I argued about this uh, last week, and I'm not going to get into it again. Yeah, it's going to make me upset, and then we're going to leave not friends today. We only got a few seconds left in the show. I just hope he's, you know, if he is healthy and it's just not a lingering injury, because you like to have IU at their best uh, when the Boilermakers beat him down there. All right, that's going to do it for us on the Boiler Basketball Show, the last one of 2022, going out on top of the Boilermakers number one. I want to thank our guest, Tom, uh, not Tom D, Alan Carpet, GoGoBlack.com, <laughs> and, uh, of course, uh, Nate Barrett, the man with his finger on the pulse of Boilermaker Nation. It's always great to have those guys on. Hey, a big boiler up to you. Best of luck to the Boilers. We'll be back again next Friday with another round of the Boiler Basketball Show on 1017thehammer and 1017thehammer.com. We'll see you next week.